your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, uh, it's really awful. <laughs> Welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama, the No Drama Podcast. I'm Pastor Hoffman, and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, everybody. So, how are you doing today? I'm okay. A little tired, but I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We had a wonderful divine service today, and one of the pastoral things that I love to do is to go and bring the Lord's Supper to one of my members. He's actually an elder, which is also nice. Uh, he's a good elder. He works hard, and uh, he's a cool guy. And I'm just sorry he's down and out for right now. And so, just uh, just bringing him some good news. Awesome. You gotta watch those elders. I know, boy. I'll tell you what. They're a they're a swarmy group. <laughs> <laughs> Burly. Early manly men we are. <laughs> Absolutely. I all kidding aside, I love my elders. They are awesome and they they do an extremely good service for the church and they're wonderful spiritual brothers that I have here too. So as we move on in Romans today, uh I see that we've we're gonna be taking uh the the twenty four verses of uh Romans seven not a long chapter, but it sure has enough to keep us busy for all eternity. Yeah. Um, if I've, I'll just start off by starting, I'll read the first six verses. St. Paul writes, Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives? For... A married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, if she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive, but if her husband dies, she is free from that law, and if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code." So there we are. I, I have a feeling that this one very much could be um, uh, taken back to when we were talking about homosexuality, where there's a bunch of stuff going on here and people latch on to one thing. <laughs> well, and Paul, if you don't understand Paul, like Peter says, you can confuse his words here, but there's there's a lot of gospel in this. Certainly, if we just make this about divorce, which, by the way, I'm not endorsing divorce. Even Paul recognizes and Jesus told them that 
there are people whose hearts are hard and it happens, but it doesn't mean we say, oh, yay, divorce is good. We say people are bad and God works with fallen and broken people. That's how it works. But um, we, we also talk about when you talk about a marriage, you need to go, you need to go big because Paul's going to talk about marriage in Ephesians as well. And he, he expands marriage itself to being a picture of Christ for his church. Exactly. So the, the idea here is he's showing Christ in the church and he's contrasting man and woman in marriage uh, to illustrate his point about law and gospel distinction here. Absolutely. So uh, if, if, if we don't let ourselves get all goopied up in it, we can actually uh, see, see the law and gospel here. Um, because even you're, we're only four, three verses, and then he jumps over to likewise, or meaning in the same way, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, Easter, in order that we may bear fruit for God. So here we are, we're saying, we see that, um, that the law, we're not now saying that stealing is good and all this kind of thing. We're saying that um, our righteousness comes from Christ. And that's who we serve in reality. Right. And, um, you know, when he goes on to say, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which is which held us captive so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not the old way of the written code. Uh, he's definitely talking about Jewish law here and the things that pointed to Christ, you know, the written code, and we serve by the spirit now. So, you know, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. You know, the Pharisees loved the written code to try and earn their own righteousness uh, they they miss the whole point that the written code points to Jesus. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And just so we don't become in the enthusiast here, when St. Paul is talking about the way of the Spirit, he's talking about the way of faith, that we live by faith and not by sight, and that the righteous are justified by faith. And so the Holy Spirit is who brings us faith. And so um, that's a that's a very freeing thing indeed. I'm going to jump on that one more time and say, notice how we bear fruit for God. It is by the Spirit through faith. Oh, good point. Totally good point. And uh, again, for the, the, the discussion of good works, well, there are God's good works and we shouldn't be surprised when he gives them to us. <laughs> he's, all, he's all God like that. Yeah, and he's allowed to. He's allowed to tell us, but you know, in the same way, he lifts us up uh, through word and sacrament to do good works to serve our neighbor, and um, we fall short of that. So that's why we go back to church and receive more word and sacrament and sure. confession and absolution, and you know, we're we're basically free to love our neighbor. We we don't like Paul saying here. We don't have the written code, man. We don't have to separate threads and, you know, not eat bacon and, you know, like all those things pointed to Jesus. So yep. you're free to love your neighbor. Like you can wear what you want, eat bacon and, you know, do something <laughs> good for your neighbor at the same time. I'm loving where this conversation's going because you're leading it towards bacon. 
<laughs> well, because everybody loves bacon. Yeah, right? I, I just, I just, yeah. If people tell me they don't love bacon, I say you don't have love in your heart. So, yeah, that's a um, and so it's a good thing here. And again, when we start talking about uh, the fruits of faith and bearing fruit for God, well, this is who when we say that this is who we're serving. Uh, this is basically when we're talking about when Paul talks about marriage and the relationship that God shows to us. Well, you know what? Where that's who we serve. He's he is our he is our Lord. Um, and as we move on, or unless you had something else to say. No, I think we covered it all. You know, except you know Paul's saying uh, that we bore fruit for death. You know, in our sinful in our sinful flesh. So again, our good works, you know, are by the spirit because he's saying, you know, the flesh is bearing <laughs> hit that for a second and we can move on. Oh yeah. And by the way, not a bad tie into the garden of Eden either there. Um, say that our flesh, that, uh, was really what was rebellious in the garden of doing that, which God told us not to do. But, um, as we move into the next, there's, the next verse, starting with uh, verse 7, this will be fun. And I'm only going to read to verse 12 first. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if you had not been, if, yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known uh, what it is to covet. If the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of covetousness for apart from the law the sin lies dead i was once alive apart from the law but when the commandment came sin came alive and i died the very commandment that promised life proved to me to be death to me for sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment deceived me and through it killed me. And so the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Um, there's more on this, but I was going to pause right there because this is actually an interesting thing for Lutherans. Oftentimes we talk about law and gospel so much. And the mistake that I've heard Lutherans make is to say law, bad, gospel, good. Have you ever heard that? Oh, that's a horrible horrible mistake because the law serves a function to the uh, christian absolutely now wait what we want to say is you are not going to heaven by the law so get that out of your mind right now read galatians 5 4 on that uh but you know we're getting to heaven by the gospel but that does not mean we negate the law as not being uh as not serving functions for the christian and being important part of cleaving the flesh sure because at the end of the day we have to remember that it's god's word and so he doesn't speak to us for no particular reason and um paul even points it out here you know um somebody who who needs the gospel sometimes they don't know it and this is where um the gospels i mean the law says hey you know what you shouldn't do that and they're they're convicted the the law accuses and accuses them and to say and if you left him there all you would do is leave a dead person there who was aware they were dead but the truth is that's when you say well now you need to hear the good news 
Well, and I read this too, as in the first part we were just talking about, you know, uh, Paul went ahead and we were released from the law, right? He drew on the marriage text to release us from the law. But then he's like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's like, they'll run with the flesh. <laughs> so now he's cutting that off right here. He's not, so what shall we say then? Shall we sin since you're released from the law? Nope. No, because again, that's our that's our old Adam going, you know, crying out, let me take the wheel because I see a bridge abutment <laughs> up there and I want to crash into it. Yeah, definitely, because the old Adam is always trying to tell you, you know, you know, if you just be a better person, then then God's going to be happy. And um, and that's just not how it works, because Christ is the better one, not us. Um, and I even like it. St. Paul says, so the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So for people that are saying law, bad, gospel, good, uh, it's just it, it's too simple. It's too it's too Buddhist yin and yang. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's too wrong because the law is going to serve as a curve, a mirror and a guide. So without the law, how do you know you need Jesus? Sure. So, Jesus uh, is reduced to nothing without the law. You know what? I was doing catechism with my kids, and I said, okay, let's throw out the law. Why do I need Jesus? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, well, we don't. If I don't have the law, if I don't have God's law pressing on me and showing me how evil I truly am, then I have no need of Christ, right? Well, that's But what... as long as the law is there and the demands are there, and I see that, that I can't, no matter how hard I try, fulfill it, uh, I, I mean, let's be real. I can't even get, you know, maybe uh, eight, eight or uh, seven out of ten in a day, right? Uh, <laughs> right. Then I know that I need the gospel. The law, as Paul says, the law was our tutor until Christ came, meaning the law drives us to Jesus. Sure. And, and that's a good, that's actually a really good point there. And I think it's important, again, as Lutherans to say, we don't need the law to be a boogeyman, and uh, but we also don't need the law to be our gospel either. Like that person a few weeks back, you told me, what is the gospel? And he said, the law. The law. <laughs> oh, Pelagians. Uh, the Pelagians, man. And there's just You no... know what? The, the Christian actually looks at this like Paul, and we realize the law is good, it's right, and it's holy. We just can't do it, but we look for the day, uh, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come when when we will be able to do it uh, in the resurrection. Sure, because again, what's holding us is our old Adam, and freedom in in the resurrection, truly freedom is to say, you know what, God said this, and it's good, it's good, and that's why I do it, because God said it, and I know it's good, and we're not hampered by our, our old atoms who need to be so drowned let, daily. Yeah, let, let's contrast that again with um, how many of you guys out there, you know, uh, were wrong and your wife was right. And later on, you had to go admit, you know what? What she said was right. And I'm wrong here. That's kind of what the law is doing. Yeah, my wife is right so often it's ridiculous. <laughs> I've been married to her for uh, coming on 27 years, and I'm like, man, she's got a good batting average. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, what, what, what were we 
we saying the other day? Our wife's biggest downfalls are, are choosing uh, their their choice in men. Right? Yeah, That's definitely. Their, My wife's biggest, biggest fault is she just chose the worst husband ever. So definitely. Seconded. <laughs> so, and Paul kind of picks up on this, and I'm going to finish this out. Did that which is good then being de- bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I want, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want. But the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Whew, we're going to have to take a lot of do's away from Paul. He sure does like the the word do and all that, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. It's like he's been hanging out with Frank Sinatra. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do, 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 do. do. <laughs> well, man, I'll tell you what. This is like the best reading I've ever done of this. I, I flubbed it a couple times, but normally I'm all oh, over great. the place. <laughs> yeah, usually I, I fumble over that do, what, do, 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 and oh, do, yeah. do. But so. if there are anybody out here who listens to this podcast who can't honestly say, you know what, St. Paul in a nutshell is saying, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. Here I am doing it. And um, he's really pointing out what kind of broken sinner he is. And um, and he's 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 not, you know, he's not just saying I made bad choices. He's saying sin dwells within me. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? We have a lot of Lutherans listening. And look, let nobody take you captive in saying that this is not, that this is Paul pre conversion or some nonsense like that. Paul is in chapter 7, okay? We're almost the, the middle of the book here. We're the middle of the book. And, you know, he introduces himself in the beginning, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So Paul is just being honest here on the struggle he sees within himself. The duality of natures. Simul justus et peccator. Simultaneously saint and sinner. Yep. So, and that's really, again, a Lutheran distinction to something where we can look in the mirror and say, total wretched sinner who has hope. That's uh, right. It's like, uh, 
I'm evil, but at the same time, I'm a saint because of Christ. So, um, but I mean, Paul says so much. We just, you know, we, we came to the same conclusion of Paul right before we even read the text that, that the real Christian, you know, realizes the law is good and holy. And Paul says it here, the law is good and holy and I know it, you know, and he serves it with his mind, but with his flesh, he serves the law of sin so it's the same Christian uh, confession we just made uh, a little bit up uh, around verse 7. Mm-hmm. Well, and absolutely, in, in laying this out, it's not as neat as we would like it to be, but we find that being a Christian is often messy business um, to where you're not just saying, well, this is just a good Christian person, so he never makes mistake, or that guy's a... That guy's a, not a Christian, so he's just a bad guy. I mean, we would love to have these yin and yang kind of dichotomies, but Paul's right here going, you know what? I, he, I'm not doubting he's a Christian when he says, that which I should not do, I do. He's saying he's a, he's Jesus even now. Yeah, he even says, uh, if I don't want to do it, it's not I who does it, but sin that dwells in me. Uh, and that's the confession I have all the time. It's like, why am I doing this? Why are these thoughts in my mind? Well, it's not me. That's Adam, you know, and he was killed back in chapter six. He was buried in baptism. (laughs) So for those of you tuning in, (laughs) yeah, for those of you tuning in, uh, back in chapter six, if you go back uh, to the last episode, Adam died in baptism, but, uh, I'm making the same confession as Paul. It's not me, man. It's the old Adam. It's sin in me. Absolutely. But I can't get rid of it. You know, thank God that uh, at the end here, he gives us the complete answer of how it's going to be taken away. Uh, and it's not It's not found in Paul out there, dear Pelagians. Yeah, the Pelagians are going to, yeah, they're not going to have much use for this. Because uh, the ones that are saying, well, I can do it, Paul's going, well, that must be nice because I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know, went up St. Paul. Good job there. By the Spirit. And we're talking, we're talking a Pharisee of Pharisees that's going, well, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, we got to go back to talking about bacon. That'll keep them triggered enough to stay off. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bacon. See? Now, see the, the podcast. We got it. Yeah. We got bacon, people. Um, where's the, uh, where's the, we got that going for us, uh, sound clip. Oh, that's right. We remember as Christians, we have bacon. Uh, so I got that going, which is nice. Jeez, I'm an idiot. <laughs> there it is. So I got that going for me, which is nice. I actually truly believe that this text is in here for the comfort of every Christian because you're going to see the same war within you that uh, uh, St. Paul says here, and we can harmonize that with Jesus saying... Um, um, anyone who desires to be my disciple must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me daily. Uh, this is not going to be an easy walk or your best life now, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's the Lord who works in you both to will and good pleasure. So, uh, you know, God will uphold you. He will strengthen you. 
and you'll have the confession if you're if you're weak in faith now you know you, you'll eventually have the confession of you know i don't ever want to walk away like uh us who have been in the word a long time eating the meat i should say right not yeah. drinking the milk eating the meat sure and um and that's kind of a that's always i think one of the one of the tricks there that pastors are always dealing with like for example in bible studies that we lead and we always hope people come to them not not just so people will show up and you know the work we put into it but to say you know i'd like you to see just how rich our faith is and i'm not saying you're gonna go to like super smart guy heaven now but i'm just saying that it's 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 a blessing to be able to take time and sit down and say, well, why don't we why don't we strengthen what we already know? Oh, it's great, you know, not to uh, stay infants in Christ, but to grow in our knowledge of the faith. And and God is guiding us all along. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, you know. So I mean, but you still need a teacher to teach for the Holy Spirit to work, you know, in in word and sacrament. Uh, Jesus makes that plain in Matthew 28 mm -hmm. uh, when he says, teach them all I have commanded you. So there's a lot there. We're never done learning. Sure. That was actually a topic in Bible study this morning um, when uh, in the large catechism in the third commandment, sanctifying the holy day where Luther was saying to keep away from this stuff that distracts it as no biblical value into it and don't turn that into a holy day and i made the comment i said you know you guys if we we're being honest and if we were the kind of people who devoted our lives to um, our daily biblical devotions we would not live long enough to be able to say i've spent my whole in the scriptures so i mean that's just how it is yeah, I'm kind of like Luther in the sense, though, that I, you know, like Luther said, if I could only get my hands on a psalm or something, I would be okay. Um, I feel the same way, but I also grasp what you're saying. There's that week that goes by where life just got too busy and you didn't do much in, in way of study or devotion. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I totally get where you're coming from there. Yeah, I mean, there's for the you know the festivals where luther's like you know we keep those things for the for the ones that are more simple and everything and uh because they do proclaim the gospel and and you know, it was just kind of it was an interesting uh you know sermon that he was talking about to say well we don't just shun holidays christian holidays because um, they're not necessary. They're not necessary. He says, you know what? People get enrichment from taking a day to celebrate the birth of Christ, for example. So, um, you know, it's just kind of an interesting thing. Oh, and as as Lutherans, you know, we're so far from mysticism and enthusiasm. I hope, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, on I'm paper, kind of speaking for us all. So I hope. <laughs> I mean, at least in our confessions, we are. But yeah, I'll tell you what, you know, like like from Good Friday to Easter morning, dude, that is such an emotionally draining weekend, you know? I mean, like Good Friday, I'm like, you know, I don't know whether to be happy or sad, you know? I'm usually mourning because it's my sin that killed God, and I'm patiently waiting till Easter morning, you know? Uh, so we're just revolving around the life of Christ over 
Well, and that's exactly the to say, look, these things they happened, and here's this is a good time of year to to biblically. This is what I like about the liturgy and the lectionary is they bring us through a, a church year of basically getting the entire story from creation until resurrection of the life of a Christian. And the, it basically gives you an overview of all the whole Bible. So it's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Pastor, how much more time do we have? Oh, we got, oh, we're up here. We got two minutes. So what are we going to do with our two minutes? Oh, I got a question. This one's kind of easy, so how about we just do this? Uh, it's on the sacrament, and someone asked me the other day, um, and I'll throw it to you. Is Christ's flesh present in the sacrament? And I'll give you a hint. It was a Calvinist who asked the question. Well, that's really interesting, um, because for Lutherans, we it's funny because people try to trap us, and... They, they say to us, is it his body and blood or is it the wine and bread? And Lutherans say yes. So because he mentions this is my body, this is my blood, and this in, he took the bread and he took the cup. So rather than get into transubstantiation, we say, is this really his body and blood? Yes. Is it really bread and wine? Yes. So there's your answer. Perfect Lutheran answer. See, we just take God at his word. See, what the Calvinist was doing there was he was trying to split the physical and the spiritual, which we know as Lutherans, that's a Gnostic sort of teaching. We don't split the physical from the spiritual. Jesus didn't say, this is my spiritual body yeah. in the bread. He said, this is my body. And that includes both physical and spiritual. Right. So, well, and yeah. And People he caught go, me off guard because, you know, I'm like, uh, what do you mean? The way he worded it? I'm like, uh. <laughs> Well, I mean, they have this idea that he, they said, and he took the bread and he he said, take and eat. This is my body. Wink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wink, a wink. Little, a little knee knocking under the table. Guys, not really. I know, you know, and, and that's really what, what I get, you know, when they're just, they always have Jesus just being kind of uh, kind of disingenuous or or that he's a platonic thinker or something like that that and I don't know. I just whenever I see well, it, I just think, wow, you know what I liked about your answer was it's just so simple, and that's how every Lutheran should answer. Because, I mean, I, we could sit here and we could say, okay, you know, he, the, we have the two natures, you know, the, the divine and the human, but then we have the communion of attributes, you know, through the word. And, you know, we can sit here and go on and on and on. But, you know, or we could just confess, Jesus said is, yep. you know, and, and just keep it simple for, obviously, the learning Lutheran and, and the others. I mean, if you want to get into... You know, everything I just said, that's great, but, you know, you got to understand a lot of other doctrines first. Well, and they just can't decide what Jesus thinks. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? Hulk! Smash! You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's so frustrating when people just can't make up their mind. You know, is Jesus God? Is he doing this? Can we trust him? And so you just, ugh, it's... It's, it's troublesome because not only 
is it basically uh, intellectualism for the sake of intellectualism? It does zero to proclaim the gospel to all nations. It's just how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, and, and it's ridiculous. They're just, it's like, why not take him at his word? <laughs> oh, and that kind of goes back to our uh, Romans 7 text where we pointed out that our fruit is produced by the Holy Spirit. And stop fruit checking. Don't do that. If you're going to check for fruit, check uh, check word and sacrament. But other than that, help your neighbor. Yeah. You know? Your service your service to your neighbor is what you should be checking for. and Because uh, you can check for that. You can say, am I helping my neighbor? Yes, I am. <laughs> There's so much, too, you know, so you might have five good works, but as Lutherans, we don't stress over that. Just pick the one and do it, because they're all good works. Yep. So you're not going to fail, you know, if you have to decline four to do one, because they're all good. Yep. Well, you know what? That time is coming. Get to the chopper! <laughs> all right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. All right, so that's pretty much all the time we have for today. But uh, I loved this conversation, Zach, and I love having these conversations with you every week. And uh, I, I pray that everybody has a, has a blessed week, and I hope that this little podcast is a blessing for them. What do you got to say for us here? Uh, amen, and God be praised. May he continue to bless and enrich all of us through his kindness, goodness, and mercy poured out on us through the Spirit by Christ, according to the Father's will. Amen. You have a good one. We'll see you next time. Hey! Hey!